Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Jackson trying to escape and run for it, and he's got it more. Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. And with 117 left to play on Wild Card Weekend, the Hayes in the Barn. Oh my God! I wish you guys could. I wish we had a camera in here so you could see what we're doing. We're just a bunch of <laughs> clowns in here. <laughs> How much fun is that? All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Friday, April sixteenth. My name is Jake Luke. I am joined by. Vasily Larikos and uh, Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, who uh, joined the chat earlier, our video chat that we got going here, if you're watching on YouTube, wearing a shirt that uh, the way the collar was open, it was giving me some big Tony Soprano vibes, but it's actually just an Under Ooh. Armour kind of... Mar- this is Maryland Tony Soprano kind of vibes, I think. Yeah, I yeah he, that. he's got the, the, under, the armor. under Armour a little bit. He's going out to get the the paper and uh, just mean mug at his neighbors wearing his Under Armour thing. But uh, here we are. We are... You know, in the in the in the lab on a Friday, draft is coming up, middle of April. We're uh, you know, life's good as Voss was saying before the uh, the pod got going here. Indeed, indeed, good to see you guys for sure. Good time of year. Can't wait for the draft. Two weeks from uh, tonight, right? Think so. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks. Yes. I'm chilling. I'm pilling. I'm villain. I'm uh, I'm doing it all. Bulling out here, and uh, I'm excited to. I'm excited. We have a fun episode tonight. I'm very pumped. I was slightly pumped. Thought we were just going to do a regular mock draft. We'll get into what we're going to do a little later, but we got some sauce for you tonight, ladies and germs. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be saucy. It's going to be a little bit of a uh, customized sort of modified mock draft type thing is what I would call it. Uh, Three-man weave type situation. That's why we got Voss in here. Uh, And yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, We are excited to jump into that, but we did also want to quickly touch on uh, some, you know, a little bit bit of news. I don't really know what I would call this uh, as far as you know, hard hitters as far as news, but Justin Houston at the castle uh, this past Thursday for a visit with the Ravens. This was something that was originally reported by uh, Rita uh, Hubbard. I believe her last name is with press box. Uh, and then uh, lock and Fora jumped all over it and uh, acted as if he was the one who reported it, which he certainly did not. So uh, yeah, shout out to I Rita got an anonymous. Tip, I got yeah, a tip yeah, here. Justin so I was just sitting there with my kids trying to report Justin Houston and the Ravens are maybe going to sign. But uh, yeah, so he was, in the facility visiting with the, <laughs> in the facility visiting with the team uh, on Thursday, uh, Jim Irsay was uh, sitting there um, back in Indianapolis talking about how Houston could come back, maybe strumming away at a Fender Stratocaster or something. Uh, just totally pilled out. 
Uh, that was that was mean. I take that back. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like it's it comes down. <laughs> it sounds like it comes down to uh, the just playing some soft ballads, just cranking some strings. And, Justin and, you know, can totally just come a, back, man. <laughs> just, just, shred, just shredding and shredding and ruining dreams. Jim Mersey, I think, is a good dude. We we don't have to get into that, but he's you know he's he's had, he's got his demons. I I, I take back. Oh, Boz is smiling, but he he's like, did you just call an Ursa a good person? Like, I want you dead. Listen, <laughs> I I understand I understand the history. I understand all that stuff, but you know the guy. I I judge people based on their actions, and other than maybe a few lewd tweets that he was sent out, you know, by mistake, we all make mistakes. Whom's amongst us? Who wins a- in a fist fight, Mark Davis or Jim Irsay? I feel like Mark Davis fights dirty and Jim Irsay, like, like I referenced, you know, he might not be all the way there. So Mark Davis is just like wipes him out and he's, he's, he's just on to PF Changs or like whatever else he's, he's got going <laughs> on for the day. PF Changs. Go get his haircut. <laughs> Anyway, Justin Houston, yeah, yeah. So Justin Houston uh, at the castle on Thursday, <laughs> as we've the the train has flown flown off the rails four separate times already. Four minutes into this thing, but he was at the castle on Thursday visiting with Baltimore. Very quiet. Uh, not a lot of uh, stuff came out of it. No media. Sometimes they'll do like a video of the guy or whatever. But uh, yeah, very quiet. Sounds like uh, they might be waiting until May first to get an official deal done with any edge rusher, not just him. But this is the first guy they've kind of laid their there's sites on, but it has been reported they are kind of monitoring the market for other guys. Maybe Ryan Kerrigan. Clowney came off the market with the Browns the other day, so he wouldn't be in the mix. But uh, they're monitoring the situation with uh, all edge rushers, and Houston appears to be the top target right now. I think Houston would be a fun addition in terms of like veterans, having that veteran defensive front. I think he would get along well and, and be enticed. It feels like everybody – Clay's Campbell feels like like – the, your favorite players, favorite, your favorite defensive lineman's favorite defensive lineman, as we like to say. Uh, he, it feels like he's boys with everybody that rushes the passer or plays on the defensive line at all. Him, Big Baby, Derek Wolf. Uh, I feel like they would all be they would all be boys that would get along really well. And of course, Houston is. I feel like he's just one of the more underappreciated players of his uh, era, and he's just been a consistent sack master, getting those you know seven, eight, ten, twelve sacks for what, eight, nine years at this point? I guess he's in year 11, but I think he started off a little slow. But yeah, Houston uh, feels like probably will be a, a post-comp pick edition. And, you know, get, get Clay's Campbell on there. Get, me and you, man, we're going to get it done. <laughs> that was pretty good. Be good. I, don't good. Think, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody would, is opposed to Justin Houston. And I think I've been getting a little too meta with, is it a Super Bowl move? And again, I'm going to say no, but... Uh, I think at this point, at this point, it's hard to ask for a Super Bowl move. And like maybe there's one to be made in the first round or two or the collective first two rounds of the draft. But kind of feels like we're past that point and you're kind of just trying to make your roster incrementally better. So from that perspective, I would really like it. I I would be curious to see what the money would be, because did Clowney just get like eight million from Cleveland? Up to ten. Maximum up to ten, I think. Eight up to ten. So, yeah, you're probably looking at a little bit less than that, maybe like six to eight for a guy like Houston, which I'm totally fine with. Like you said, not a Super Bowl move, but uh, you got a needed edge rusher, and and Ngakwe really didn't get that many sacks last year, so letting him walk was probably the right move. And if you can get a guy like Houston for less money and uh, to you know maybe potentially actually get sacks, feels like it could maybe even be an upgrade there on Ngakwe at least. Yeah, Houston's had a great career, definitely a Pro Bowl career borderline hall of famer um definitely slowed down a little bit the last couple of years the other guy to keep an eye on will be melvin ingram who yeah. had some knee issues last year um uh, they're kind of 1a 1b for me 
The question is, are they going to be able to to land Houston because they're being so frugal with the uh, the comp picks? And that's kind of the big question. Is it worth sacrificing a fourth-round comp pick for Houston? Um, the Ravens just been very frugal this offseason. They made a lot of really great value additions. But like Spencer's saying, they're, they haven't made Super Bowl moves. And they're carrying around a lot of cap space, um, third most, fourth most cap space in the year next year projected. Um, so maybe they think their windows next year. I don't know, but uh, it'd be great to add it an outside linebacker if they can. If not, maybe they double dip in the draft or triple dip. Um, you know, I don't think the sack production drives the defense as much, uh, but it would be nice to have a veteran. So we'll see how it plays out. But I would not be surprised if he does end up back in Indy if the Ravens are so pressed on keeping that fourth round comp. Yeah, it's interesting. Speculation. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going I'm to cut you off. Speculation Nation. I, I just don't think they're going to do a one-year deal. I think they're like, hey, buddy, you want to come for two two and a, and a third year tacked on? Like, you want to come finish here in Baltimore like so many have before? Uh, you know, pure speculation. But I, Ravens just aren't in that one-year business too much. And Sammy Watkins, I think they got a little desperate. And, and they didn't even have to – they didn't spend desperately either. It's a really small deal. Uh, so it feels like, you know, hey, you want to come play with Clay and Brent Williams, Derek Wolf, you know, we'll give you a two, three year deal. And it's going to be the one where they're able to cut you in the second or third year or whatever. Uh, so I, I just think they're, they're trying to leave themselves dry. It feels like DaCosta has been super active in season lately. I think he likes that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it'll be like a two year, maybe two year deal up to 14 million, something like that, where it's like, hey, you want, you want to come possibly finish in Baltimore where so many pass rushers have done similar things. Yeah, maybe. In-season point, that's a good point because I've been thinking that lately too. They're not necessarily a juggernaut on paper right now, but I could definitely see a trade deadline acquisition, and maybe that's what they're saving some of this cap space for. Yeah, and I would think they would be hanging on to the comp picks for that post-Lamar contract world. So I can understand a little bit of trepidation on that front, but if I were them, I would be maybe just kind of getting the deal done here. You know, you waited on the wide receiver position. You wound up with Watkins, which will maybe be fine, but you're going to have to be maybe hitting that position hard or at least hitting pass catcher hard in the draft. And I don't know. It just kind of feels like this would be a move that would make sense for both parties. And if it is that, you know, couple-year deal that you were talking about, Spencer, I, I, I just don't think that would put them out too much. But we'll, we'll see what they do, as with all things. But uh, I guess that's enough on Justin Houston, unless you guys got anything else. The last thing I would say is just that saving that comp pick – and getting him, I feel like the Ravens like to trade those mid-round picks because they get so many comp picks. So if they are kind of setting up for the third consecutive year to make some noise before the trade deadline, then having those comp picks in that sense to to give yourself some mobility and some disposable uh, assets is very strong as opposed to not. Which is sort uh, of where I, I feel like, to, which is sort of where I like it because like even maybe this a few years ago, this is a non-issue and he's on the team because comp picks more tradable. And now that they are, that kind of completely right. changes the game in a way that maybe we weren't even thinking of when they announced that they would be tradable. I think the new wave is not drafting players with the comp picks. I think it's trading them for proven players and, and using them. I think that seems to be the wave that DaCosta is on in terms of uh, knowing that he's going to have them, being able to trade them later, whatever, having that, uh, having that fortitude in the draft, knowing you're going to have them and, remaining very liquid, uh, remaining able to, to get rid of and move assets around the middle of the year. And it feels like Takasa's gotten really good value. I mean, Ngakwe was a third and a, and a fifth. But I think that I, I think Ngakwe was a good move for a third. I, I like what they were trying to do. Uh, it didn't turn out as well as any of us thought all the way. I think that he was, he was fine. But 
Uh, I just feel that the value of the comp pick is not using them in the draft. It is to trade them for proven veterans. I, I think that is like the, the big brain meme in its fullest capacity. Just impact players. They need to, I think they need another impact player too, whether that's via trading comp picks, whether that's making strong moves in the draft, whether that's making moves in free agency, it doesn't matter as long as they're not just think that they don't need any more impact players and they're content to re-sign Anthony Levine's and Chris Boards and think that's enough. As long as they're ready to, whatever, however they do it, just, just we need a couple more, I think, to kind of get over that hump. All right. Houston plus maybe two guys in the draft. Boom. Good plan. Yep. For sure. And it frees you up to go all in on offense, which I think I and uh, a lot of fans would like to see uh, this coming draft. So again, going to see what happens, but uh, I think some good discussion there all around on Justin Houston, which by the way, you love to see a guy whose last name is also a city. Yeah. So yeah, that's just, you know, my, my tidbit there. Do the Ravens have, the Ravens don't have any, any of those. So no, they check don't. it, check it off. I don't think there's enough, somebody hyphened. There's hyphened not enough the hyphenated. There's not enough city last names out there. This is, uh, you know, it, it would be better if you were from Jackson, Houston. Mississippi. Boom. Got one. Okay. Okay. We like okay. that. All right. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a Brown city somewhere. There's got there. You have to think so. Um, okay. So that, that's all we got on, <laughs> on, uh, Mr. Justin Houston. And, uh, we went- we went in a very insightful discussion that quickly became uninsightful. I think that, that's that the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it is we just weave in and out of uh, serious and the unserious. That's 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 the exactly. landscape. When you need to navigate. tune out, when the listeners need to tune out, they absolutely can. But when you want some, well, every five minutes, we'll we'll pump in some good stuff and then give you a break with some very low low cue. And that's what <laughs> that's what you guys are here for. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> okay, so. With that, uh, we can go ahead and, uh, I guess, take our ad break now. And now that we're back from it, Voss. And we're back. And we're back. Just got, I'm just going to go full radio douche for the rest of this ep- episode. Vasily Larikos joining me. Ira and the douche at 726. Check it in. <laughs> Voss, uh, you hit us up uh, about doing... Uh, this segment uh, that we are now going to be, I guess you could say, debuting. We did it a couple of years ago uh, under a different sort of uh, umbrella as far as the podcast uh, ownership. I, I wouldn't even call it that necessarily, but uh, what, what are we doing here? So it's a kind of a different take on a mock draft. The three of us are going to draft uh, 22-man rosters in any order that we want. We just The only parameters are that we have to pick different players you know, to fill out a roster, quarterback, running back tight ends, wide receivers, offensive line, defensive line, and see who has the best team. You know, there's a little bit of strategy involved. What positions do you want to take? What positions do you not want to take? Um, and I, think I was just saying, sorry, I was trying to you guys. I was just saying, I did not read, Vaz hit us up about this idea, and I did not read his full text. I, I All I saw was- Which is a regularity Vaz, around here. It's just like, you know, just get, in Vaz, one ear, out the hey, other. You guys want to do- you guys want to do a mock draft pod? And I was like, yes, I'm in. And I didn't read the rest of it. And it's so much cooler. I'm sorry. Keep going, boss. No, I mean, how many times can you do a mock draft, mock draft, mock draft, the same old thing? And I think it's we just, did that. We did that a good yeah. amount last off season. And so I yeah. think it's good that we did the big boards because that kind of gave a little bit more of an in-depth look at like the, the entirety of the draft and mock draft pods are always fun, but this is kind of a fun, different take on it. If you want to continue. Yeah, this will go 66 players deep between the three of us and, you know, kind of be able to pick your guys, not necessarily who you think is going to Cincinnati is going to take with the fifth pick, but who do you like or who would you take in that situation? So I think it'll be fun. 
it is going to be fun. Uh, and like he said, it's going to be our own teams. We're each drafting a roster of 22 players. And I'm going to go ahead after this episode and put together a graphic that we're going to be tweeting out with the episode tomorrow for you guys to vote on for uh, who won the draft, who has the best team. So uh, get excited for that. And uh, we've already determined the order here. I believe it's going to be Voss first, me second, Spenny third and fourth on the snake draft, and then it comes back around, right? No, Spenny first. Spenny's first. Oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. (laughs) All right, yeah, that's fine. I was like, yes, because in a fantasy draft, I always want 10 or 12. I, having those two back end picks, boom. I caught that. So listen, I caught the shaft, but I'm such an honorable guy that I'm going to take it. Also, just got my vaccine yesterday, so playing a little bit of a flu game, but it doesn't matter because I'm just built different. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just I'm I'm just fucking ready to fire from three all night long and put together a great team. Let's go. So we're doing. So we're doing. Back. We're does it? It doesn't even matter. There's no team concept. We're just doing players. Okay. I did, yeah. I had to get myself down. Okay. All right, well let's let's rip We're this also bad boy we're off. definitely we're gonna fuck the the picks up. So I'm gonna pull up the NFL draft order in front of me here, which is great production on my part to not already what have is, it up. The NFL we don't even need order. the order. No, we're just yeah, we don't need the order. The order is just us. There's no there's no team involved. Yeah, you're right. Okay. We're making our own team. It's just <laughs> team Spencer. Yeah. Listen, Jakey regrets the air. That was an oversight on my part. <laughs> I have the uh I got my legal pad yeah. here, very official. So uh we're gonna have all of uh all of our picks written down right here. And uh, whenever you clowns are ready, I am ready. Spend All right, let's fire it up. I'll go first. I'm going. I'm going my quarterback, and uh, I, I, you know, I love Trevor Lawrence to death, but I'm going. I'm going Justin Fields. I've been pretty contrarian to all the noise this entire offseason. I just think when you're scouting traits, the dude has, and, and now one of my favorite guys to follow. If you're if you're into quarterback content, he's taught me a lot through just following him and reading his articles. Derek Clausen, who's been with Football Outsiders, friend of the, friend of the world, podcast, all over the place, friend of the podcast, friend of Lamar Jackson's being a good quarterback, uh, all that kind of stuff. He gave me an even sturdier gave me even sturdier legs in Justin Fields being you know my quarterback one uh, in saying he was the most accurate quarterback he had ever charted. And then you factor in from an analytical standpoint, the fact that his average de- depth of target was higher than anyone else's. The fact that he threw the least amount of screens. And then you take him and put him in, into an offense where you could do those things. And you can only imagine how great he would be running the scheme that BYU ran with Zach Wilson, that wide zone boot scheme that Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson in college now have all had success in. Put Justin Fields in that. He's the most accurate with the most arm talent deep. And he has the athleticism. He has the poise. He does not get deterred in the pocket. Um, his issues, I believe, that people have gone so in-depth with. Ohio State runs a lot of really long, developing vertical routes that have NFL option concepts. Um, that's how Ryan Day has gone and really taken the reins from Urban Meyer and gone a little bit beyond. They want to take shots down the football field. And Justin Fields He's waiting for the option because, you know, you say he's staring down a target. That might bring a, a safety over, sure. But there's no right answer when a guy has an option route. If you're staring at him, it doesn't, you know, it, you can't really jump it unless you know what's coming. So I think that's been a little bit overblown for sure. The athleticism on top of it, the toughness on top of it, the killer kind of attitude that he brings as well as a quarterback as just a silent assassin. He is very even keel. Um, and I mean, if you didn't get. And, and this is the fan part of me in, in a quarterback and what I like. And if you didn't get freaking let's go vibes, goosebumps from him taking that shot, that crippling back shot pause against Clemson and, 
and and then just coming back and just slinging the damn thing 60 yards downfield. Uh, he is a rare blend of a pocket passer that can run a 4-4 and has moves in the open field. He made Jamar Johnson, who is a second, third round safety, look like a damn fool in the open field a couple of times. Like he can do it all, man. I love him. I love his attitude. I love his work ethic. I personally, you know, I'm never going to get to talk to the guy, but uh, QB one back don't, when he was in high that. school, same attitude. Don't say that. What'd you say? Don't say that. You, you'll maybe uh, get to talk to him. Maybe I'll talk to him, whatever. But uh, him overall, I just love it. I love his attitude. I love how he was on the show QB one. Spencer Rattler, you can see on that big douche. Like, Tate Martell. Spencer Rattler's Tate, Tate, Tate Martell, Tate all Martell. time douche on that show. Exactly. And I think Justin Fields, just seeing where he was then, understanding how quiet he was at Georgia, uh, how he really quietly dealt with that situation. Whereas a Tate Martell, for example, uh, made so much noise about a transfer and multiple transfers and whatever, but Fields just kind of seamlessly integrated into Ohio State, into a completely different offense, and immediately took off got into a death pit in that, what was that, that 2020 playoff game against Clemson, that really close game. That was a really tough physical game. That was a fun one to watch. But overall, my guy, Justin Fields, that's my quarterback. That is how you make That is how you make and defend a contrarian pick. I think you just went five straight minutes uh, making the pick and defending it. I had a feeling you were going to do that. I like the pick a lot. I like Justin Fields. He's easily my QB, too. Um, Likewise. Which kind of leads into my pick here, which is my QB1 which is Mr. Trevor Lawrence, who you mentioned there, you hit on Clemson. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be loath to jump into all the great descriptors and uh, great job that you just did breaking Fields' game down. But I just know that when I watch Trevor Lawrence, that it's like my mom could scout Trevor Lawrence. Like the guy just, he goes yeah. out there, he's just got the, the natural release, he's very quick. Uh, he's a lot more mobile than you would think looking at him just, you know, in a picture or whatever. He's very, like, he looks, the, I had a weird thought about him the other day, maybe a weird kind of drunk shower thought type thing. He just looks bigger like he looks like in mario when you get like the mushroom and you like grow bigger than everyone else and you just like stomp through there and he's not even like what is he like he's six five right just like kind of a regular like tall quarterback height type deal but he's up there i think he might be six six he's six five, six, six, five, six, six, six. yeah so he's definitely a big boy but like he looks even bigger than that somehow because he's playing against these guys that you know some guys are taller some guys are faster some guys have a stronger arm he's taller and faster and has a stronger arm quick release uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders, I think. I've heard some interviews with him where he, I think he comes across really well, very mature. He was on the cover of SI. The Presidential. Other day. Yeah, exactly. He, he was on the cover of SI the other day. And what I really like about that is he could, he took the opposite tack of like Baker Mayfield, for example, who gets a lot of shit on the show. And I think I, I've, I think Baker's turned himself around to his credit. But like the whole like nobody believed in me shit, that can get kind of grating when you're like the first overall pick. And he basically, Trevor Lawrence said like, yeah, no, like I, I've had a pretty good fucking life. Like everyone's believed in me. Everything's fine. And I'm not going to pretend like, uh, you know, I've had the deck stacked against me. I, I have great talents and I'm confident in my ability to use them. And I'm going to do well in, uh, Jacksonville and in, uh, in Jake's team as well, because he is going to be my first pick here. Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Good picks guys. Um, I follow college recruiting to a, a pretty good extent. It's one of your and favorite your, sports, right? It is. It is. Uh, 247 Sports, Bud Elliott, one of the best premier high school analysts out there, pegged uh, Lawrence and Fields as the two best quarterbacks maybe in the last 20 years coming into college, and, uh, and neither of them did disappoint. Uh, and I'm also happy that you guys took them because now I get to choose between uh, Wilson and Lance with my 22nd pick. 
since uh, you guys can't exactly. Yeah. I was <laughs> if I had done the if I had gotten the third pick, I definitely would have done that. So let's so let's not get too if crazy. You, here. If you picked a quarterback, I was coming for you. <laughs> no, hell no. I was like, know. good. Let's go. I'm taking Kyle Pitts because he's a freak tight end, um, best tight end since Vernon Davis. I think he's better than Vernon Davis. He has it all: the production, the technique, the skill, the athleticism, the testing, and you guys. You know, the, the tight end two and three are uh, nowhere close to him. So he's my first pick. Uh, and my second pick, the fourth overall pick, uh, it's a little bit of a tough one, but I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I think he is a special wide receiver. I think he's going to help. Uh, I mean, he's he's his physicality that he plays with at the catch point um, and what he was able to do uh, – for a national championship team as a true sophomore was, was special. Um, he's a total package. I think he's going to be one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL within the next two years. And I am happy to have, uh, to have him headlining along with Pitts, my receiving core. Yeah, that's a, uh, a very Voss one-two punch there. You're, you're going Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, kind of leading the way with that, uh, that pass catching, uh, you know, power, situation there and you're going to obviously have Lancer Wilson there throwing them the ball so it's going to be a nice uh nice uh, nice one-two punch there but I'm gonna go ahead and uh lock up you know you're a big premium position guy I'm gonna lock up one of the most premium positions for my premium first picking Trevor Lawrence and I'm gonna go with uh Penny Sewell the tackle out of Oregon uh just big tall smooth just gliding uh day of the jackal looking motherfucker he gets out in space he blocks guys with ease he just makes everything look very easy for a uh, again, like six, 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 seven tackle, just uh, you know, doing it all there in that Oregon offense. So Penny Sewell is my second pick, blocking for Trevor Lawrence. Boom! I'm going to rattle off. Uh, I'm going to go with a bold strategy here. I'm going to go Patrick Sertan the second, and I'm going to take J.C. Horn. I'm going to get two dog press man corners that can immediately come in and fight. I like J.C. Horn's competitiveness. I like Patrick Sertan's technique, and I like. The opposite for both of them. I think Horn's physicality is his trump card. I think that Sertan's technique and discipline are his trump card, but they are five tool corners. Uh, I can now cover very well. Oh. I'm happy to do that with these next two picks. And yeah, I, uh, I like where I'm at. I got a quarterback. I got some man coverage going. And Horn and Sertan are going to be, you know, maybe I, I feel like Horn has the persona to be a very, very dominant corner. I feel like he has the physicality, the profile, and uh, that, that ability to really play with anyone. Sertan, I could see being maybe, you know, not a top five corner, and maybe he's a, 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 cube, a cornerback one, like a William Jackson is his floor, I would say. Someone like that. That's a good corner, but not, you know, going to go shut everyone down for 10 years like a Patrick Peterson or something. But uh, I think that both of them are very safe and can play press, can help in the run game, can do everything you ask of them. I think they're high caliber, high uh, everything. So those are my guys. I'm going to lock up the other bookend side here uh, at right tackle. And I'm going to go with uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, who is just one of my absolute uh, favorite prospects here out of Northwestern. Another guy who just moves really well. He's not quite as tall as Sewell, I don't believe. He might be kind of close, but you know, he's he's a little bit boxier, but he's just very solid technical player who I think is going to be, you know, potential to be a top 10, 15 pick in the real draft. As a left tackle, I'm getting him at value for my right tackle spot. So I got two bookend tackles there protecting for Trevor Lawrence to kind of get things started along my offensive line. Uh, so those are kind of 
you're, you're maybe seeing my strategy a little bit for how I want to build this team up. I want Lawrence to stay upright and be able to uh, sling the ball around to the pass catchers that are going to be forthcoming. You guys are wiping out the board at tackle and corner. I don't like to see that premium positions. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Christian Barmore, uh, not because I think he's the what are we, seventh best player in the draft, but because he's far and away the best defensive tackle in this class. A little bit inconsistent, not totally experienced, but he's a penetrator, um, and he really came on strong during the playoffs. So he's going to be the anchor of my defensive line. And with the second pick here, debating between a few a few guys, um, I'm going to take Tevin Jenkins. Mm. Um, I, I really I like, like this Great guy. Pick. I think he's an excellent player. I really, he's my dream scenario for the Ravens at 27. I don't think he's going to make it there, but even if he gets close, I think he'd be awesome. Um, he's just a, such a strong player, dominant, nasty attitude, and uh, very refined technique in pass protection as well. Um, so Tevin Jenkins, Christian Barmore, building up the trenches a little bit. Nice. And uh, I'm going to stick with offense here, and I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Waddle who is uh, maybe uh, he's not the best wide receiver prospect here, but he might be my favorite. He's a guy who I think has some similarities to Odell Beckham, very unique prospect ability to get deep ability to uh, catch the ball at, you know, different interesting platforms, able to get up and uh, snatch the ball away from defensive backs. Just really fun to watch. Kind of a stick of dynamite there. Got some Tyree kill vibes from him. Definitely a little bit bigger. And uh, I think uh, projects is a really nice uh, wide receiver one for somebody. And uh, it's going to be for me uh, as I'm picking Jalen Waddle here with my fourth pick. Uh, I'm going to take Jalen Phillips and Quiddy Pay. I'm going to pair the two of them. I'm going to put Jalen Phillips as the field side rusher. I'm going to put Quiddy Pay as that uh, that boundary stacker, that big boy over there. And I think those two pair really well. Uh, I'm confident to have two high, explosive, capable pass rushers. Pay, someone that I find to be an elite level run defender that is a work in progress. And then Phillips, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that the medicals all check out. Uh, someone that I like as a comp, comp to Joey Bosa. He has unbelievable swipes. He beats up, has inside capability. He beats up offensive line, and he has inside capability. He can go through you. He can go around you. I think he's a very complete pass rusher. Uh, everything that you want. He has the high caliber. And, you know, it, it's classic. One of my favorite bits on Twitter right now is uh, the the joke of, of Jalen Phillips being this surprising late riser in the draft process when he was one of the, the top recruits in the history of high school football. Uh, so I, I love the irony of that and I'm getting two pedigreed dominant athletic rushers. Nice. I like that strategy a lot. Those two guys are going to be, uh, going to be causing some havoc. That's for sure. So, uh, I like your, I like your strategy of, uh, going defense a little bit. I don't think people necessarily would have seen that coming, but, uh, I think, uh, for me, it's time to switch over to the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, this is might be a little bit of a devalue position. Shout out to Voss, but, uh, I don't really care because I want a heartbeat, a captain of uh, my defense. I'm going to go with, uh, Micah Parsons, linebacker one out of Penn State. That's going to be a guy that I'm just going to plug into the middle there. And uh, there's not going to be too many questions. I think he's going to guy, a guy who's going to be just a real tone setter for me and uh, go sideline to sideline and help uh, set the tone for a defense that uh, I'm a little bit behind the count on, but uh, hopefully going to be catching up here. And Micah Parsons is my first pick. Good choice. Good choice. Um, let's see here. You guys are uh, making some strong pitch. I think I need to adjust my strategy. I'm yeah, I guess with, you, you probably didn't expect us to make strong picks, eh, douche? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern. 
Um, he's the corner three right now because we don't necessarily know what's going on with Farley's back. Heard it might be a degenerative issue. Um, lean, a little bit of a lean corner, but he can really mirror. Shout out to Paul Wall. In uh, yeah. And so that's going to be my first choice. Hmm. With the second choice now. Newsom I like a lot. Newsom I think, is someone that can play off. Uh, he's someone that can press. He's someone that can play in zone coverage. I think he is maybe the most scheme-versatile corner. So I like that pick a lot. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> where's the value? Where's the value? I'm not sure where the value is right now. Let's go with Devontae Smith, wide out. Mm, damn it. Um, you know, he can only last for so long. A little bit of a question mark is how he's going to project to the next level with his size, but what a refined, skilled, technically savvy, wide out. Won the Heisman Trophy as wide receiver, very rare. And I guess he'll be manning my slot. Um, so, uh, yeah, Chase and Smith. I'm not happy. Uh, I think your corners are going to have their work cut out for them, Spencer. <laughs> they are. They are going to have their work cut out for them. I was, be- I was, I was money that Devontae Smith was going to be my my next pick. I was so excited. I'm glad he didn't because he was starting to slide, and I was like, oh shit, Spencer's definitely going to grab him. But uh, Devontae Smith there off the board for Voss. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with defense here. I picked Parsons to be that kind of linebacker in the middle there. I'm going to go ahead and grab a guy on the edge now. I'm going to go with uh, Aziz Ojulari, just a very solid prospect that can do a lot of different things. I get some Matt Judon vibes from him. He uh, rushes to passer. He drops back into those hook zones, and uh, he kind of just always seems to know what he has to do. I don't think he's necessarily a spectacular prospect, but again, an, uh, just another really solid guy that's going to jump in there and maybe be a B-plus for me, even from day one there next to Micah Parsons on my defense. I'm going to go ahead and take... Christian Darisaw, left tackle, Virginia Tech. Uh, Darisaw, he, the, the, this is the, the dual-edged sword of Darisaw. He leaves a lot to be desired on the field in terms of finishing plays, but the fact that he was so utterly dominant and didn't really finish is something I see as, uh, as a, a, a glass-half-full perspective that he could finish better, but the fact that he was able to really be a – wall between whoever in the ACC was trying to rush the passer. Uh, I see him as a very solid player. He ends up being right tackle. Uh, then I'm going to go ahead and take Elijah Vera Tucker as well. I think both of them have a little versatility. Elijah uh, Tucker, we know he has versatility to play guard, to play tackle, and I uh, get some some fortitude going on the offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker may be one of the safest prospects in this entire draft. He can play anywhere. People like him in his own scheme, but you see him as someone who can pull really well, as someone that can move, as someone that uh, didn't have trouble anchoring, that has really solid technique. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off a couple offensive linemen there. Continue the double dips. Interesting. Hmm. All right, let me take a look at this board here, real quick. Hmm. Okay, so in terms of looking at positions of need for myself, there's definitely you guys have, have gotten a little little cute with uh, some of these double dips. I do. Tip my cap to you as far as that goes, uh, as my, my filibuster continues here while I uh, continue to peruse the board. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I got a couple guys up in the front seven. I'm going to flip back into the secondary. A couple of my uh, my CBs have gone off the board here. So I'm going to go maybe a, another surprise pick here, but I'm just going to lock down a position. I'm going to go with Trevon Morig. 
free safety uh, coming out of uh, TCU there, a guy who a lot of people like as that sort of free range. Well, I, I probably shouldn't say free range because that gives off like chicken that you're going to eat in like a vegan <laughs> restaurant vibes, uh, but just kind of a rangy guy who's, uh, you know, kind of, again, just a really smart player can come down and hit and uh, a dude who's going to be a captain on my defense. So Trevon Morig is going to be my next pick. Good pick. Good pick. I think I might take a page out of Spanish book. Let's see, actually, maybe not, maybe not quite yet. Let's see, he, Jake has, he's got two. I'm going to wait there, actually. I'm going to wait there. I'm playing the, playing the long game. I'm going to take Farley. I'm going to take Farley and uh, hook him up with a fantastic well, back surgeon. And, uh, and he's going to stay healthy. <laughs> I thought you were, I was like thinking you were going to like be debating your second pick with him. And I was like, oh, fuck, hopefully he doesn't take him with that second pick and you just take him with the first one. It's a great job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good court. It's a really good, uh, defensive back class, I think. Um, and then let's see here. Yeah, let's. Uh... I mean, Farley to me, Farley, Farley to me is the is the best of the corners, and the medical concerns are serious. But Farley was my cornerback one before all that happened. Right, I, I think I think he was a cornerback one on across the board. It's just the second back surgery. My dad had that surgery, and it's uh, it could be problematic. But um, I guess I'm going to take. You just feel the tension. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Landon Dickerson. Mm. Um, Damn it! I'm not quite sure if I'm gonna play him at center or guard yet, but uh, I'm going to take some of these players that maybe have some medical concerns because I don't know if I told you guys before, but we're only playing this out for one season, so I'm not really worried about longevity. So let's <laughs> go for it. That's a great nihilistic viewpoint to take. I like that a lot for you. <laughs> Um, okay, so we are on what pick eight now. All right, let's take a look here. Landon Dickerson, that's a good pick there. All right, uh, Dickerson was going to come off the board for me for sure. I mean, he's just a tone setter. He's a giant, uh, fun personality, good guy, good guy to have on your team. Okay, so I don't even know too much about this guy. I've only watched a little bit of him up to this point, but uh, I need a cornerback, and I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. Uh, just, he seems like a, a guy who a lot of people seem to like as like in maybe a second tier of the corners you guys have already grabbed, uh, pretty much all the good ones are the ones that I would have wanted to pick early. So he's pretty much going to be my CB one and we're just going to have to kind of make it work. So Tyson Campbell is my pick here at eight. I'm going to rattle off. I'm going to keep the double dip. I'm going to go Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall. Damn it. Give me, uh, give me the tall speedster who can go vertical, extend the field, uh, Marshall, I think I'm taking a little earlier than I would like to, but you guys uh, kind of jacked all the the super high ones, so I'm going to double dip here again. Marshall, to me, is someone whose feet aren't all the way under him yet. I don't think he is the most dynamic separator laterally, uh, whereas I feel like Bateman is. I think Bateman can drop his weight really well, set guys up extremely well with Justin Fields as my quarterback. I think him and Marshall would have a good relationship. Uh, and then having Bateman be someone who can move the chains and work and create some more separation. And uh, I, I'm just going to keep double dipping. Just I like sweeping them across the board. But overall, Marshall maybe a little higher than I would have wanted to go. But I think having those two and then being able to pair them with someone else later will be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so Bateman, obviously love him. Think he fits the production and size and profile of a high production receiver in the NFL. Marshall, someone who I think is a little more boomer busty. 
uh, has some drops, has some big contested catches, has a lot of speed, have played in a really prolific offense, but you feel a little safer knowing that in a sh- simply shittier offense this past year without Joe Brady, that he still looked a little bit like a man amongst boys. And I was listening to Brian Baldinger, his podcast. I don't know if a lot, a lot of people listen to it. it's horrible audio quality, worse than me on these AirPods right now. But uh, he, I was going to say, look, he was talking, talking about, right. I was, I was, <laughs> but uh, I was going to say he was talking about scouting at its core is just looking at movement skill is really all it is. And, and you can kind of really easily, you know, Jake, you said earlier, my, you know, Mary Luke would be able to identify Trevor Lawrence. Um, you can kind of just tell when guys are moving a little bit differently than everyone else. And I think I feel safe enough in Marshall as a, as a pure mover on the football field to be a solid number two vertical stretcher. So those are my two, uh, wide receivers. Good picks. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and follow your uh, your run there, and I'm going to get my wide receiver, too, in Kadarius Tony, Guy out of Florida, the Banshee is what I call him. John Rambo is another nickname I would give to him, just a guy who is an absolute warrior. Uh, with and without the ball in his hands, he's looking to shake guys when he's running routes. He is looking to run through guys when he has the ball in his hands. He's just a freaking hurricane, uh, just rocking defenses like a hurricane. Uh, shout out to uh, the Scorpions and uh, also the CIA. Um, but, yeah, Kadarius Tony, just one of my absolute favorite prospects, an absolute my guy. Uh, you mentioned some of the off the field stuff, Spenny. I, I think that you know it, it might be a little bit overblown, hopefully. But uh, like like Voss said, with the, uh, the the nihilism take, you know, we really don't really need to worry about this team too much. So I'm just going to go ahead and pair him with Jalen Waddle and uh, Trevor Lawrence and the offensive line that I'm building up, and uh, he's going to be my wide receiver too. Get him out of Florida, and he's good to go. That's a crazy state. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. How many of these? What percentage of the players uh, you think are? Uh in the top three rounds or come out of Florida. 25% of it. You got to think. Yeah, I'd yeah. say 25. Maybe even more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. I've waited long enough. I'm going to get two freaky, nasty edge rushers, OA and Tryon. I'm taking them both. Mm. And we're going to have lots of athleticism coming off the edge. OA was not super productive. Tryon uh, opted out last year. But I think both these guys have huge potential. And if you take two, one of them is probably going to pan out. That's a good uh, good line of thinking, I think. And I do like both of those guys trying especially. So uh, nice picks there by you as I pull up the board for myself. Okay. A um, couple different directions I could go here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and try and keep that. Uh, edge position solidified across from Aziz Ojolari. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a certified thick boy out of Wake Forest in uh, Carlos Boogie Basham Jr. The third, uh, a guy who's just really fun to watch, just an absolute bowling ball coming off the edge there. And uh, I think he would, is this like a three-man league? Are these teams going to be playing each other? Yeah. So I, I Boogie Basham, I think, is going to be him and Aziz Ojolari. That's kind of a good uh, thunder and lightning pairing. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick him for the other side of that edge position. Boogie Basham at number 10 for me. I'm going to go ahead and round out. Boogie Basham, I was actually just watching yesterday, and it's just utilizing his strength more, and he could really be a a souped-up Pernell McPhee. Really, really, really could. Uh, Just a better overall athlete, and I like the idea of him to Baltimore. But moving on, I'm going to go ahead and put Elijah Moore on my football team with this first pick, and I think I'm not going to double-dip this time for the first time. But Elijah Moore, I think, rounds out my receivers. You guys kind of poached all the top ones. And now I'm filling out with a dominant slot receiver, someone that I think has outstanding IQ as a route runner and ability to read coverage, read leverage, uh, break down zones, 
and run after the catch. Tough as nails, really, really outstanding hands. Uh, hangs onto the football through contact, doesn't care. And I think he's just got a little bit of that, a little bit of that AJ Brown, DK Metcalf magic, you know, the, the Alaskan water from uh, the, the water boy. I think he's got a little secret sauce from that Ole Miss receiver crew. He seems to have the same kind of dog in him that those two had. Uh, and I think they had something special down there with, with some of those skill positions. Then I'm going to take Creed Humphrey. Uh, Damn it. I want him. Yeah, I, I want him to solidify the middle of my offensive line. I, I could possibly put Vera Tucker out at right tackle or at guard. And then I have Darisol. I could stick at left tackle pretty comfortably. So I think having those guys there puts me in a very good spot. Creed Humphrey overall tested so much better than I thought. He tested better than Eric McCoy, which I didn't think was possible. You guys know how much I love Eric McCoy. Um, Humphrey checks a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of boxes overall. And while he might not be, you know, immediately dominant, I think he's just going to be a nice, competent, smart uh, centerpiece for my offensive line. Nice pivot. It really is. That was literally, I had been planning that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to grab him here for pretty much that whole time. So uh, I'm going to have to take a look at the board here again and see what we can find. Uh, I, you know, I need to, I need to make a pick along the defensive line here. Uh, I'm going to go with your boy, Spenny Levi Onuzarike out of Washington. Uh, it's going to be one of my defensive tackles. Uh, just another guy who's uh kind of a low key beast that people aren't talking about a ton in that top tier, but uh, a guy that I think we both kind of liked when we discussed the defensive lineman. Uh, and I think he's going to pair nicely with those two edge rushers. Still got to make another DT pick, but uh, glad that I got uh, a little bit of value there as the big board that I'm looking at here. I don't know who this is at necessarily, but he's like 22 on there. So I think uh, I got some good value on Levi and Wizarike. For sure. Yeah, he's uh, probably the most disruptive. I'm going to add a little bit of spine to my defense with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to play um, linebacker. Um and he kind of has some versatility, maybe even play some safety. He's almost like a dime back, really. Um, I, I like his skill set for the modern NFL. He's not a run stuffer per se. And then I'm going to draft the best slot corner, Asante Samuel out of Florida State. Asante Samuel Jr. Jr., the third uh, defensive back selected. His father played professionally. To, uh, to help match up against Spencer's fantastic pick of Elijah Moore. So uh, going double-dipping on defense this time around. Very nice, very nice. Uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and stick on the defensive side of the ball, grab myself a linebacker in Zaven Collins out of Tulsa, just a guy who kind of flies all over the place. A lot of people seem to like him, and uh, I liked him a little bit in what I have been able to watch. It hasn't been a ton, but... Uh, just a dude who, uh, you know, a little bit of a smaller program, or maybe not small, but, you know, Tulsa. It's, uh, it doesn't necessarily put out a ton of prospects, but uh, a lot of people seem jazzed up about Collins. Spenny certainly seemed to be as well, so uh, I think uh, I'm going to like that value there, slotting him in there next to Micah Parsons. So, Zavin Collins is my 12th pick. Collins would pair well with Parsons, uh, being a little bit more timid, while Parsons can be your, your fireball for sure. I'm going to add to my cornerback. Actually, no, I'm going to go Baron Browning. And I'm also going to go Jameen Davis out of Kentucky. I think Baron Browning is someone that can be uh, pretty sound in the middle of the football field. Overall, outstanding tester. I think that he can be unlocked a little bit more still. Very heavy hands, heavy on contact. Uh, Ohio State linebackers know how to, to work through mess and work through traffic. And then Jameen Davis, another athletic freak who could potentially be someone that uh, matches up with tight ends, with some elite tight ends. 
that can fill that kind of Levante David role a little bit. He sifts through traffic really well as well. Uh, I think he's he's someone that you want more in kind of a will role, someone who's going to be backside, someone who's going to be a chasing linebacker. But I'm going to grab those two, get some really high athletic testers that have, uh, you know, Browning never really started fully, but he was a big part of the defense for several years there. And then Davis with a ton of experience in the last couple of years as well. So I'm happy to have those two and have a ton, a ton, a ton of speed and athleticism and strength and uh, some coverage ability in the middle of my defense to pair with my, with my corners. Okay. Speaking of pairing, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Mr. Jamar Johnson uh, at safety to go ahead and put him back there uh, at that safety tandem with Trevon Morig. Uh, just kind of having the uh, the two guys over top that are going to be able to uh, protect these corners who uh, I have not made a huge investment in, unfortunately, but uh, we're going to keep uh, keep seeing what we can find there. But it's going to be Jamar Johnson, a guy who uh, is a little bit of a playmaker. I'm reading here that he uh, actually uh, picked off Justin Fields twice, Spenny's boy there, so hopefully we can continue that in our little interleague play here. Uh, Jamar Johnson, my pick at 13 out of Indiana. That's a good pick, Jay. You sniped me right there. Nice. I'm going to double dip at safety. I'm going to chase it with Richie Grant and Javon Holland, They're both more free safety types. And looking at my defense, I don't think we're going to be very good against the run. And I'm okay with that because the offense is going to put up so many points that we're going to need to play run defense. Okay. All right, we're in the pick 14 now. And uh, let's take a look here. What do I need? What do I need? Uh, I am going to uh, I'm going to finish it up on the defensive line and uh, just pick an absolute brick shit house out of NC State in Ali McNeil. You motherfucker. Who I knew Spencer was looking at uh, in this round specifically. So I'm going to go ahead you and grab him and uh, pair him up there with Anwuzarike uh, and all the other boys that I got there on the defensive line. I uh, got a, a nasty defensive front and he is going to be a very nasty and strong addition. Ali McNeil, my pick at 14 was going to be my next pick, and I was going to pair him with a certain other defensive lineman uh, and continuing my sweep. And that deterred me a little bit from being able to do so. Uh, so now I am going – I guess I'll just do it anyway. I'm going to go with Davion Nixon out of Iowa. I am going to get that three-tech. Uh, I don't feel the need to pair him quite yet, so I'm not going to double dip. But I'm going to go get Elijah Molden. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. I think uh, definitely could be the best slot, but I think he has the ability to play outside corner enough, uh, despite being a little bit short. Where he's he's awesome, but having him in that slot role is fun. To me, the the best uh, guy who can't play outside corner to a high extent and is in the slot is Elijah Molden, someone that we profiled. Uh, definite my guy for me. Uh, you don't want to give that Tyron Matthew comp, but it's it's hard not to see it with the way that he's able to go snipe hits and see plays happening and. He runs a 4-6, but he plays faster. He sees it first, uh, reads really well in zone, and is just a menacing presence. So I feel confident over the middle of the football field at that second level, having Jameen Davis, Baron Browning, and Elijah Moden in that uh, middle of my defense that still needs some defensive interior depth. I still need some safeties. I still need a tight end. I need to fill out my offensive line as well. None of us have picked running backs yet, but I feel like that's going to keep going for a little while. There's a few in this draft, and with only three teams, I don't think any of us are having a pressing need when there's you know, three, four, five guys that can provide good production when we feel fit. That's a really good pick. Uh, I'm a big Molden fan, as I know you are as well. We talked about him a lot 
on the Beatdown Big Board uh, safety episode, which you haven't listened to, you should go back and do that. It's evergreen, and it's a, a ton of fun talking about all the safeties and slot types, and he was a, a great uh, great uh, player that I think we both really enjoyed chopping up. So nice pick there. Uh, I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I started off hot with uh, two tackles. You guys sniped uh, one or two of my targets there in the interior offensive line, so I've decided to wait, come back around, and I got one of my guys in Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State who uh, just talk about a corn-fed shit kicker there at right guard at uh, Ohio State. I think he can maybe play right or left guard, depending on what I need here with this team. He's just a guy who uh, who gets it. You know, He gets what being an interior offensive lineman is all about. He gets out uh, in the run game. He, uh, he starts shit with people. He's a little bit of a hothead, so we might have to get some of our get a babysitter for him you know how teams do that sometimes uh but yeah he's a he's a guy who i like a lot and i'm excited to plug him in there as my first interior offensive lineman off the board wyatt davis that's a good choice jake um let's see here let's see here spencer have you taken both d D tackles yet or no only one no only davion nixon so far all right i'm gonna take milton williams uh, at a lot tech penetrator. I, I knew you loved him. I don't think I've hear, heard you talk about him, but I knew that you would love him. He's tweeted about him. I know that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, uh, he's a penetrator and he tested outstanding. Um, that's, I mean, really, I mean, if you look at my defense, we are built to defend the pass and him next to Barmore, uh, sandwiched between Tryon and Oway. Uh, I think they can really going to be able to get after a quarter, some quarterbacks, with that quartet up front. Um, and then I think it's time to go back to the offensive line. Hmm. Let's see. What do I have here? I am going to take Alex Leatherwood uh, to play right guard. Love that. Alex Leatherwood. Leatherwood I, I'm pretty sure that the draft network has a good good way of describing what you want to do with Leatherwood, which is experiment with him at tackle first, uh, see if there's quick development and you're able to get his strikes right and get some some more refinement down to fit him. But if not, you have a very high caliber guard who is going to come downhill and uh, he's going to fuck shit up as a, a, a guard in the run game. He has the ability of a tackle and pass protection. He has the length. Um, so I think he's very safe. You do want to play with him at tackle because it is so hard. And, you know, Brandon Thorne and those guys always say there's not enough tackles currently in the NFL. So it's hard to keep being like, all right, this guy will just play guard. This guy will just play guard. No, you need them to try to play tackle first when they have the adequate measurables. But someone that I'm very confident in to, uh, to be able to make that jump from in outside to inside at, in Leatherwood. So I like that pick. Thank you. Nice two picks there. Uh, I'm going to round out my receiving core, my third receiver. Uh, I was tempted Rondale Moore, but he just kind of feels a little redundant with Waddle and Tony, who are my other two picks. So I'm going to get a guy who's still a deep threat, but has also shown a little bit more of a complete toolkit, in my opinion, uh, Deami Brown out of North Carolina. Uh, just a guy who I think is going to be able to work the middle of the field there with Tony while Waddle is that deep threat. Uh, Deami Brown, uh, just it's going to be fun uh, on offense with uh, the three guys that I got on the offensive line with uh, Trevor Lawrence, hawking it up to them and maybe having them block for him when he gets out in the scrambling game. So it's going to be Deami Brown for me there as my third wide receiver. Love to hear it. Vaz, I don't know your linebacker situation. Mine is full. And I don't know how much you know about Jabril Cox, but I feel like... I uh, do. Yeah, I'm looking at him. 
I have a, I have a curveball. I feel like he's. I feel like he. Fit, I feel like he fits your defense yeah, pretty well. He's, Throw he's the, give me the curveball. He's. I was thinking yeah. of kicking Osai back inside, <laughs> and really getting crazy with it. You can Joseph do it. You can do whatever Texas. you want with these players. You but uh, but yeah, Cox is the next linebacker. He's uh, Deion Jones two point Really, that's that's my comp for him. Yeah, I see it for sure. Um, Jones might be a little a little bit more special athletically, but I think Cox is like an actual man coverage defender more so. And can can actually get in there and mix it up. Who do you have another linebacker? Do you have a linebacker? I have JOK. Okay, right, 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 right. Damn. So that would really fit your uh, your theme at some point. I don't I don't need any more inside guys. So I was trying to see your thoughts on Cox there. Is it my turn? I thought it was Spencer's I think it's, turn. I think it's. No, is it mine? It's yours, Spen. It's mine, Spencer's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So my linebackers are full, as I was saying. I need to get some interior defensive linemen. I need some safeties. Uh, let this one is going to be, I'm going to do a, a, a double dip and this is going to be the most boomer bust possible safety tandem. I feel like maybe not the second one, but I'm going to go get Cisco, Andre Cisco out of Syracuse, the ball Hawk, the, you know, the single high guy that I feel you can stick him back there and let him work as just a single high safety. And he's going to hone in a little bit better. Uh, I think there was a lot of really crazy shifts in coverage for Syracuse, a, a lot of uh, late trade-offs in coverage for them, but he had outstanding ball production, taking a risk. He's got the ACL. He's coming off of that, but an incredibly explosive athlete, has incredible size and range combination, and I'm going to pair him with another big one. I'm going to go with Hamza Nassildin out of Florida State, Vaz's school, and sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the big, big, big safety back there that can match up with tight ends. I think between him and Jameen Davis, I'm going to be able to cover some tight ends. I think I'm going to have uh, a, a funky back part of my defense, my my line, my spine of my linebackers and my safeties, I think are a weird combination right now, but I think they're a fun bunch that have a, a ton of unique ability. Yeah. Nashville Dean's exactly what you said. He's a tight end matchup, you know, and he can, he can lay the wood against the run too. It's a good pick. Okay, I like him in that strong safety role. And I've got the good corners, so I'm confident. I've got the two top corners and a, and a slot guy, so I'm confident for him to be able to kind of be that rover type that can go do some funky stuff. It's a good setup. It's a good setup. Uh, with the lack of corners, I'm going to go three linebackers here. I'm going to round it out with uh, Nick Bolton out of Missouri, uh, a guy who I'm reading here. He is kind of a Parsons type, but he's not on Parsons level, so kind of a, a diet uh, Parsons type reading that he is not the most traitsy prospect, but more than enough more than enough tape that says he plays the linebacker position exceptionally well. So admittedly, haven't watched a ton on Nick Bolton, uh, just a little bit, but uh, I know that if I slot him in there next to a guy like Micah Parsons and uh, some of the other picks that I've made in that front seven, I feel like uh, that's probably going to be pretty good value with him uh, being 33 on PFF's big board here, it looks like. So shout out to Mike Renner uh, for that write-up. Nick Bolton, my pick at 17. Bolton hits, and uh, he's explosive. He's got some violence to his game. He can roam in the middle of the field. Uh, a little untrained still. A little a little grooming needs to be done. Uh, there's a very uh, a lot of the like deep Twitter Alabama defense weird part of Twitter. I don't I don't know how to put it. The Sabanese language part of Twitter. Not huge fans of his in some ways, but I think if you just ask him to sit in hooks and be a chase player, he can be a, a goodwill type linebacker for you. Strong. I'm going back to the O-line. Um, Sam Cosme out of Texas is going to be my blindside protector. He is a very experienced player. He's a solid 
pass blocker, and I think he has some upside remaining uh, at the NFL level. And then I'm going to – let's see here. Good all interior offensive line class, um, but I'm going to take Jackson Carmen out of Clemson and kick him inside to left guard, um, which I think is really going to give me a, a mauling pairing on the offensive line that can also pass block pretty damn well. Love to hear it. Okay, that's a really nice pick. Uh, I'm going to maybe take a little bit of an extraneous one here, but it's one that's fun, and I think it uh, kind of matches up with what I'm doing, and it's not going to hurt me at all. I'm going to fill in that tight end spot with Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. Uh, just kind of a uh, toss it up there, kind of rebounder at the tight end position. Uh, I know some people are not super high on the tight ends in this class. I get that, but you got to make a pick at some point. So I'm going to go ahead and get the guy who I think is probably the best one in Pat Fryermuth for Trevor Lawrence to throw it up to. Love to hear it. I'm going to go double dip again. I'm going to stick Big Ben Cleveland in this offensive line. I'm going to have him as my right guard, as my tone setter, as my as my down blocker. Um, he tested crazy, crazy, crazy well, uh, even better than I possibly thought. Only got to see him for one day at the Senior Bowl. I think if he got all three days at the Senior Bowl, we would be talking about a much higher uh, evaluated prospect. I think he quietly dominated in Georgia's offensive line. And then I'm going to actually end up kicking Elijah Vera Tucker as my right tackle now. That's why I'm happy I took him early. Then you can stick him anywhere on an offensive line. He's one of those freaks. And I'm going to go stick Quinn Miners as my left guard, someone who's super mobile, someone who uh, can down block as well and get nasty. So I fill out in the middle of my offensive line with Ben Cleveland, with Creed Humphrey, and with Quinn Miners. Who Quinn Miners? Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think the hype got to be too big, and I, I thought it was going to for a little bit, but Miners, man, he is a special, special mover, a special athlete. Uh, he, His feet and his, his, his frame with his feet in pass protection, really unbelievable, so nimble, such quick feet. He truly is a dancing bear in the sense that he can anchor with kind of one foot and then pivot with the other one and really wash you out of a play. I think that my offensive line is a pretty solid unit at this point. That's why I waited a little bit longer to really fill it out, but I'm happy with where I'm at. Yeah, there's still Trey Smith, Deontay Brown, Aaron Banks, Kendrick Green, Stone Forsyth, uh, Little. There's a lot of good offensive linemen still. For, Forsyth I really like a lot. Forsyth I like a lot. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and grab Brady Christensen. So I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna pull a Voss here and I'm looking at Liam Eikenberg's uh so, like, not in a bad way. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a tackle uh, out of Notre Dame and kick him into guard here. Looking at Liam Eikenberg's uh, Lancier line right up right now, he got a Justin Pugh comparison. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and pick him up and kick him into that left guard spot. He's gonna be there next to Penny Sewell, and uh, it's just gonna be kind of a uh, locking up that left side there for Trevor Lawrence, uh, a guy who's gonna come in and uh, zier line. Round two grade should be an immediate starter. I think uh, those two guys on that left side of the line still need a center, but then I got Wyatt Davis and Rashawn Slater on the other side. My offensive line is uh, pretty built up at this point, so I'm grabbing Liam Eikenberg here at 19. Good pick. Um, I guess it's time to, uh, to take a running back. I think it's wow, uh, Boss cracked first. <laughs> uh, Boss cracked first. I did, I did. Imagine that. I want to take Najee. Um, I think he's a real asset in short yardage. You sound really, really genuine right now. You sound like you're really excited to make this pick, that you're just like, you're really selling this hard. 
<laughs> I think he's an underrated pass catcher. I think that's really – you see that big frame and you don't think of a guy that's breaking tackles like Alvin Kamara, but he has a little bit of it, that in him. And um, I'm looking for a pass-first offense. I think he fits the bill. Okay. Najee to me is one of the most special running backs I've seen in a while because of that pass catching ability. Uh, he just doesn't have home run speed. The fact that he doesn't have home run speed, I think makes him better. He, he knows he's not going to run by you. Uh, so he starts stacking up angles and levels and can run through you and make you miss at the same time without just being able to just beat angles. I love that about him. And it's kind of like addition by subtraction almost in his skill set. You got one more, Bob. Yeah, I want to go with receiver. It's a tough decision here between uh, Tyler Wallace, Amonor St. Brown, uh, Josh Palmer. Who are your two receivers? You got got Chase and uh, And Smith. Smith. Chase and Smith. I think I would think about about Rondell Moore. That's who I'm going to take. I want to take Rondell Moore. Um, Kind of a gadget player, uh, but. I think that's okay because he's an effective gadget player. And just as far as general philosophy, does he have bust potential with injuries? Yes. But uh, sometimes the quote-unquote safe guys are the ones that end up busting. So you might as well shoot for the for the upside sometimes. Plus, I feel like with your receiver pair that you already have, your ability to take on a gadget player, uh, what they would be able to do for the offense while the other guys can te- keep some, you know, quote-unquote traditional roles. But – uh, having more be able to be the one that just is a little bit of a mismatch problem and do some of the funky stuff for you while you let the other guys keep the corners out and the safeties out and scared, where I feel like more would really feast in that offense you've created. Yeah, and pits too. To, to, uh, so. Plus pits, right. Yeah, you got – wow, that's – yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty – I'm feeling this team. <laughs> and even even if a safe guy busts, it's okay because he decided to practice safely. But I'm going to go ahead and move on to uh, fill in my <laughs> cornerback spot. Uh, I needed a second corner there behind Tyson Campbell. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, grab Tay Gowan out of UCF. Uh, again, another guy that I've only watched a little bit of, but um, he people speak highly of him. And to the point that a fan actually tweeted us about Tay Gowan a couple weeks ago, and Tay Gowan liked the tweet. So Tay Gowan searches his own name on Twitter, which might be a little bit of a reason why he's fallen this far. But uh, I'm going to pick him up there as my uh, CB2. Love it. I really wanted to lean McNeil, obviously. He is gone, so I've been stuck here uh, trying to think between either Tyler Shelvin or Jay Tufeli out of USC. Tufeli. And for the sake of this ex- – How about Bobby Brown? Um, Bobby's all right. I like Bobby Brown, but I just like either of those two guys to be uh, – maybe, maybe Bobby Brown over Tyler Shelvin because Shelvin apparently has, has reported to LSU's camp at like 370 before. Right. I think he, he has the shape issues. But I think I'm actually going to go – for the sake of this exercise with Jay Tufeli, because he can two-gap, uh, he can two-gap, he probably fits a, a single penetration-style defense. And my defense, we're going to be a hybrid front. We're not going to care too much about that. But How do you spell he that is the one that brings uh, J, J-A-Y, Tufeli, T-U-F-E-L-E. Jay Tufeli. I'm going to have him because he brings the most disruption he brings the get off he brings a little bit more as a pass rusher or maybe a little bit less in the uh, ability to to really command two blocks i think he can be more disruptive i think he can play more snaps than tyler shelvin or bobby brown i think he can stay on the field longer and in this defense that i have created i like him a lot 
Uh, actually, probably should have gone with uh, Chris Tonga out of BYU, maybe. But I'm, I'm too gone. I like Tufeli. I've, I've committed to it. I've talked myself into it. So I think he's someone that pairs well with what I've created uh, and, and is going to be a, a fun defensive player for me. Well, I think you can pick that guy now, right? I can pick that guy. Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Tonga. That, that's actually not bad. I think that Tonga can play a five-tech, three-tech. I think Tufele can play the five-tech, three-tech. Then you can move those two around uh, and, and have Tufele be that one-tech, have Tonga be, or excuse me, Tonga will be able to play the early down nose tackle role and be able to maybe kick out to the three-tech. And I've got Davion Nixon who can play some five-tech, three-tech, and Tufele that can kind of move all around through there. So I have a pretty multiple weird uh, interior defensive line here in my my defense. So um, how do I spell I think that? I might have gone too many picks a little bit. And how- uh, Chris Tonga is K-H-Y-I-R-I-S Tonga Tong A. Samoan. The two Samoans back-to-back. Love to see it. I do. I do love that. I now have picked. I think we're going to have to go one extra pick because of what I just did because I now have a base defense and I picked a nickel too. <laughs> Is there another position you're missing? You didn't pick a running back. I don't have a running back or a tight end yet. Well, no, you went first, so you have one extra. (laughs) Just uh, scratch uh, one of those D tackles and pick either tight end or running back. I'm going to go with Tunga. I'm going to go with Tunga over Tufele, actually. I I messed it up. I messed it up. I'll I'll have to chug a beer later. And then (laughs) give me me Hunter Long, I guess. I'm going to have to take one. He's probably my tight end. Uh, two, honestly, in this draft, I think he's maybe the most sound blocker in terms of someone who will be an actual high volume, capable receiving tight end. I think that he is a very traditional style tight end. Uh, he's not Pitts. He's not uh, Darren Waller, but I think that he can fill the role of someone who can do it all. So give me Hunter Long. I think he uh, gives me upside in the run game there. I'm a. Uh... You know, I'm pretty shocked and maybe even a little disappointed that Voss was the one to break the seal on running backs, but uh, it's perfectly ironic, so I am glad that it happened. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and get my running back out of the way, and it's a guy who I think is going to be a perfect pairing here with Trevor Lawrence. It's, of course, Travis Etienne out of Clemson, uh, a guy who was talked about as a uh, first-round pick maybe potentially last year, much to the chagrin of my Greek friend here on the screen. Uh, he decided to go back to school, and uh, now he's uh, potentially going to be a second-round pick this year or a day-two guy. Uh, but still just really good, complete player, good in the receiving game, uh, very smooth, just kind of a gliding prospect. So I'm going to plug him into my offense. Travis Etienne is my running back. Uh, so he can, my he last, can still go day one. Think so? I don't know. He, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen much buzz on that at all, but who knows? He could day one. Him, I feel like. The Seahawks will I, pick him day I don't one. Know about, I don't know about that pick. I don't know. I, I, I think he's riskier than uh, – than some people let on. Well, then I'll just um, find somebody undrafted and they'll just do the exact same thing. Exactly. That's all you need to do. Just wait till, uh, what's that? Who's that guy out of, uh, here, let's find a Hawkins out of Louisville in the sixth round. Same exact thing. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. Thanks for the strategy. Uh, last, last two picks here to finish up my roster. I am going to take Jabril Cox out of LSU to be uh coverage linebacker for me. Um, that rounds out my defense. I was thinking about a side um, and kicking him back inside, a little bit too cute. But a couple defenders that didn't get picked who are in this range are uh, Peyton Turner out of Houston, uh, Rousseau. Rousseau is available. And then two corners, Eric Stokes, Kelvin Joseph, and uh, Melifonwu, and Aaron Robinson out of UCF. So pretty deep defensive side. 
And with my final pick, Stokes Stokes probably should have gone in this draft. Yeah, I Stokes agree. Is very good. You you got a pick left. You, yeah, you you've shown that. any you've shown any uh, penchant to just like go off the rails and pick whatever position you want. He's just so. he's just gonna <laughs> even if you don't need him. <laughs> my my final pick, I'm gonna take uh, I want to take Zach Wilson uh, to be my quarterback. I don't love the pick. You guys got the two best quarterbacks by far. I think he's neck and neck with Lance, uh, but I will finish up my roster with uh, with Zach Wilson. It's a good team. That, that's really smart getting that third pick. I, you know, I think either one of us maybe would have preferred that, but uh, it's, it's a nice, nice job by you there to grab Wilson. A lot of people, some people think is the best quarterback in this draft. I know none of us here in this chat believe that, but uh, you know, good pick. Thank you. Okay. So my last pick, I need a center. Uh, so I'm just going to go with uh, the highest rated interior lineman on the board that I'm looking at. That's Trey Smith out of Tennessee. I don't know anything about him. Spenny, if you want to get green, you need Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green? Okay, Kendrick yeah. Green. Sure, I'll take him. He's going to be my center. Who are your, who are your guards? Who are your, who are your guards? I got Wyatt Davis at right yeah. guard, and I kicked Liam. Wyatt I- Davis. Liam Eikenberg is my left guard. I kicked him inside. Yeah, they can't play center. You need Kendrick Green. Okay, Kendrick yeah. Green. Out of Illinois. Yeah, there you go. Give me, give me, give me Kendrick some, Green give me some a color superior, on him. He's a, a very high-level athlete. He moves. He, I think he should be playing three-tech, to be honest with you. Uh, he is explosive. He is violent. He um, he's a little funky. He he doesn't quite seem to have angles all the way down yet. But I think he is a very special athlete that has a strong understanding of hand placement, uh, leverage, and some things like that. Can really pull. Can really be a zone guy as well. Uh, I think he's great out in space. And like I said, I I think he should have been playing three tech for the last like, played, five years. And I bet he, he would played be a three tech. He he played three tech. I think his first year. And then he, tr- he transitioned. Oh, wow. You, that's how wow. you see it. Maybe he that's wasn't as good as I thought. Hmm. Listen, I like dogs on my offensive that's line. That's weird. So I like to hear that. Yeah, he's a, he's a dog. So that leaves me to take my running back, I guess. And I'm happy with mine. Uh, I love Najee as the number one back. Uh, this guy is my number two, Javante Williams. He is a brick shit house. He runs through, makes guys miss. He just plays a little bit differently physically than most. Uh, he, this is how you know that a guy is a badass. When people start saying things like if you, you read scouting reports on him and listen to podcasts and you hear people saying things like we're worried about how physical he is in terms of him holding up longevity wise, because he hits that hard. That is what I want in my running back. I want someone who hits so hard. They're saying he's going to fall apart. He (laughs) hits so hard. The wheels are going to fall off. He is a hammer. I like him in my offense. Uh, I think I've got a very good run-blocking offensive line as well. I've got Justin Fields who uh, presents some options with me able to run some option scheme and do some different things. So I'm happy to have Javante Williams be that uh, kind of like a – you know, I don't think they're very similar, but role-wise, you know, he can be a Gus Edwards in ways. He is not that fast, but he is going to put his head down. He is going to run through guys. He is going to pick up first downs. Uh, he's okay as a receiver, but I love Javante Williams, so I'm happy to have him. Mr. Irrelevant, Javante Williams. That's it. Should we read them all? Mr. Irrelevant. Yep, I got them right here in front of me if you want me to go for it. Still. So I got Voss, uh, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Christian Barmore, Tevin Jenkins, Greg Newsom, Devontae Smith, Caleb Farley, Landon Dickerson, Jason Owe, Joe Tryon, Jeremiah Owusu, uh, what was this guy, Kennedy? Coromo. Coromo. <laughs> my, my handwriting, not great. 
Um, Asante Jack Senior. Kennedy, <laughs> Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Ask not, ask yeah. not what your defense can do for you, but what you can do for your defense. Uh, do it like a lineup, Jake. It's it's uh, it makes more sense that way. God damn! Just, I wrote them down. Do yeah, you can do it then, because I wrote them down one, two, uh, three. Quarterback Zach Wilson, left tackle Sam Cosme, left guard Jackson Carmen, center Landon Dickerson, right guard Alex Leatherwood, right tackle Tevin Jenkins, tight end Kyle Pitts. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Rondale Moore, running back, Najee Harris on offense. Defense, Joe Tryon and Jason Oway off the edge, Christian Barmore and Milton Williams on tackle. Linebackers are Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Jabril Cox. Cornerbacks, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel. And the rangy free safeties, Richie Grant and Javon Holland. Love it. I didn't write mine down. But let's see if I can do this. <laughs> offense, I have ju- I have Justin Fields. My offensive line from left to right is Christian Darrisaw, Quinn Miners, Creed Humphrey, Ben Cleveland, and then Elijah Vera Tucker. I have Hunter Long as my tight end, my nice versatile tight end. My receivers are Mr. Rashad Bateman, the gopher himself. Uh, I also have Terrace Marshall as my field stretcher. I have Elijah Moore in the slot. And on defense, I have Baron Browning as well as Jameen Davis as my interior linebackers. On the outside, I have Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips. Damn, those were good picks. Pay and Phillips, those were damn good picks. My interior defensive line is not that great. Davion Nixon, Chris Tonga, but I think they can be disruptive. Uh, Tonga can two-gap for me. Davion Nixon gets some pressure. My safeties, I took Andre Sisco as well as Hamsan Asildin out of Florida State. And then, of course, my terrible trio, uh, the badasses at cornerback, I have Mr. J.C. Horn, Mr. Patrick Sertan, the second, as well as Elijah Molden in those in that crazy slot role. Him and Nasildeen, those are going to cause some problems for people. Molden and Nasildeen are some fun matchup players considering my corners. Nasty. Your corners are nasty. I'm, I'm envious. My QB was... I, I went a little Ravens-themed. I went a little Ravens-themed. Okay. I like that. We, we all like that. My QB was Trevor Lawrence. My running back was Travis Etienne. Tight end Pat Fryermuth. Wide receivers, I had Jalen Waddle, Kadarius Toney, and Deami Brown. Offensive line, left to right, I had Penny Sewell, Liam Eikenberg, uh, Kendrick Green, Wyatt Davis, and Rashawn Slater. Edge, I had Aziz Ojolari and Boogie Basham, uh, Levi Onwazarike, and uh, Aline McNeil at defensive tackle. Linebacker, Micah Parsons, Nick Bolton, and who is my third guy? Zaven Collins. Uh, corners, I had Tay Gowan. And um, the kid from Georgia, what was his name? Um, Tyson, Campbell. Tyson Campbell. He took Tyson Campbell. Yeah, and then my safeties were Trevon Morig. And uh, who was my strong safety here? I believe I Jamar took. Jamar Johnson. Jamar Johnson. Yeah, okay. So that's my yeah. that's my team. Nice, nice job, guys. That I was think fun. all three are good-looking yeah. teams. Yeah, that was a lot of that fun. That was a lot of fun. I think that's a really good exercise to try and, and think about what these guys could be on a blank slate. Uh, and what that, that I feel like that is what you're looking at them to be by the end of their rookie contract, like in a starting role where they're best, you know, not trying to think about pigeonholing them too much and, and what they could be, who you want to build a team around. That's a good exercise. Yep, definitely. I don't know about you guys, but I am just intellectually winded right now. <laughs> Imagine Eric DaCosta after the seventh round. Let's go shrink, sprinkle some crack well, that, on these well, peanut butter sandwiches. He's got to be. Taking into action, getting the UDFA right, and touching the right. refund again. Sprinkle Absolutely. some crack on these peanut butter sandwiches and get the fuck out of here. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it was an exercise. It was a lot of fun. Uh, great suggestion, Voss. And uh, as always, thanks for hopping on with us, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Great to see you.
Definitely. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, you can go ahead and follow us on social media. I'm going to be putting a graphic together for this poll for you guys to vote on for who won this draft. You can follow that at Podcast Beatdown on Twitter. Also check out at Be More Beatdown, our main page where we're going to be pimping it as well. You can find me on Twitter at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spenny is at Ravens for Dummies. Follow us on IG at Baltimore underscore Beatdown. And Voss, where can they find you and your stuff? At Vasilis Beatdown, V-A-S-I-L-I-S Beatdown, and Baltimore Beatdown. We're pumping out a lot of great draft content right now. We sure are. Two weeks ago, fellas, it's uh, the the home stretch here. It certainly feels like uh, there's a long way to go. It always just feels like it's a week or two too long, doesn't it? But uh, we're almost there. It's going to be a ton of fun. And in the meantime, going to have a ton of good content for you guys. But uh, uh, until then, thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you again next week. Probably going to have some updates on the Beatdown Big Board and uh, putting that bracket together. So, Voss, you're probably going to be joining us for that. Uh, that's not an, not an option. I'm forcing you, so you're going to be involved in that as well. And uh, until then, we will talk to you guys. Have yourselves a uh, great weekend. See ya. Arrivederci. Gorlami. Gorlami. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.